You're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 53, how to intentionally submit to blogs. Now, we all know getting your work published is so important to business growth and longevity. So today's guest is Sarah Love. She is a creative consultant specializing in content strategy. And for five years, Sarah curated content for The Knot Magazine. Today, she's here with us dropping some serious knowledge. So get ready, rock stars, because after today, you are going to be the boss of your wedding submissions. Let's go. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. My name is Renee Dallow, and I'm here with the always lovely, always chatty, Mindy Marzik. <laughs> Am I chatty? Yeah. We have a podcast. Okay. Doesn't that make us chatty? I guess so. Yeah. I guess yeah. I'm pretty chatty if you look at it that way. The naturally yeah. chatty Mindy Marzik. No? <laughs> Wrong? Okay. No, I'll take it. That's fine. Yeah. No, that's good. That's if I've been called worse things, Renee. That's true. That's true. Today, Mindy <laughs> shall be chatty. We, I am excited about today's episode because today we are talking uh, not only to the entire wedding industry, but specifically we're going to talk about photography a little bit with our special guest, Sarah Love. Sarah, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you, Sarah. So you're an art director, a creative consultant, and a brand strategist. Tell us what all those words mean. What all of that, <laughs> like where that begins. I know it's exactly. like such a mouthful. Well, you know, a little bit about me. So I worked at The Knot Magazine for about five years um, as a photo editor. So I was kind of doing everything from producing the still life and fashion features to covers, and then curating and choosing a lot of the real weddings and styled editorials. So that and again, I, I absolutely loved it. And so when I ended up moving back to the West Coast last year, I just started receiving a tremendous amount of inquiries about helping industry professionals with their branding, with their marketing, and specifically kind of centered around creative strategies to grow their digital presence and get published. So it kind of became very clear to me right away that it was important to deliver visual solutions that will help brand their help their brand awareness. And that is from everything from diving into digital and content strategy for, you know, social media, for their website, to getting published and helping with image curation and shoot production. So because you're coming from the inside scoop, because... Yeah, girl. Yeah, um. like, you know, you know what the people are looking for. I would, yes, definitely. When you say that you worked for The Knot, did you work in both their online publication and the magazine? Yes. So I was mainly in print and then, you know, for the first couple of years and then, you know, we have a lean, mean team, awesome, awesome team. And I definitely ended up more on the digital as well. So again, I think within, within our editorial team, you are always on hands on with both. So you okay. get to, and anything that would go in print would also go online. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. So today's episode, we are talking about how to submit intentionally to blogs, because I know as a wedding planner, a lot of times, you know, we produce a wedding and then the photos come back and we and then we say, oh, this this is great. We should submit this. But 
after the wedding is done and the photos have come back is a little bit sometimes too late to kind of approach things in an intentional way. So can you speak to that a little bit? Definitely. I think that there's a lot of different ways that just going in and intentionally kind of knowing what to look for. And as a planner, and when you're working with your bride, the questions to kind of ask and to see that will help direct the photographer the, the day of the wedding to know what they're shooting. So what are some things that either the planner or the photographer or both should be asking the couples? So I would say first and foremost, I normally say start off with a questionnaire. And a lot of times planners will do this. Photographers will sometimes do this as well so they know certain elements to capture. But I like to say start with a questionnaire so you kind of start to understand the couple and their special moments you know, to how to better capture their day. So this can be anything from how they met, the sentimental items that they that they see, even to their color palette, to when to kind of figure out what their storyline is going to be. You know, one of the one of weddings that I absolutely love was it was the father of the bride had a love of trains, and the couple also loved to do dinner parties in their backyard. So they ended up doing it at a railroad museum in Savannah, Georgia. And it was this awesome mix of, you know, like the mechanical, you know, like mechanics um, on of the actual train, which was an ode to her dad and the railroad. And then they had it in the backyard where it was kind of like one of the dinner parties that they hosted. And so this, it was just a really unique experience of just from how they met alone and what they liked to do, how that really centered around the whole, not only planning the wedding, but then, you know, to tell the story through the images. I love that. That sounds like a fun wedding to be a guest at. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Sign me up for that one. I know. Wow. And then, you know, kind of from, from there, you know, there's an ability where you can have like a sidecar, you know, the side of the train car and have that be, you know, a backdrop for family photos. And, you know, you have all of these other fun elements that you can get from that Mm -hmm. that will end up starting to personalize it. I think that's really important. And I'm sure that most planners probably already have some sort of questionnaire, but I think a lot of photographers don't think about it. I think so too. And I think it's one of those things where we have you have the questionnaire as a planner and maybe potentially you don't necessarily share it with a photographer. And you know, that's something even too, where even if it's just something as simple as a color palette, where it is really looking for something cohesive. So you can look at those bridesmaids dresses and you can say, this is the same color that's in the color palette. I have a question about when you were at the knot and you would get obviously hundreds of submissions and would you sometimes get a wedding that was really pretty, but the the information about the couple was lacking and so you'd pass on it? Yeah, that definitely would happen. I think what ends up, here's the thing, you can have a very beautiful wedding. However, if this there isn't necessarily a story that's personalized, then it's a little harder to tell. And even if the, so this is one of the best examples that I can think of is I had, we had, there was a wedding that was, you know, very traditional, beautiful. It was in Paris. It was light pink and everything was very calm and classic, which is great. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what ends up happening when we would look at it overall in all these weddings, we're kind of, we're thinking, okay, what's different? What's going to make this story different? What's going to make the wedding different? We want to see something as editors that we've never seen before. So when we're looking at this particular wedding, it was nothing interesting. 
It was beautiful, but it was beautiful, but kind of boring. However, the story was awesome. So what ended up happening was, you know, she was a graphic designer and she ended up, I think she ended up working for, uh, maybe it was Amazon. It was, or Target. It was a big brand company where she was a graphic designer and she was constantly dealing with really bright colors and patterns. And for her wedding, she's like, I love color. Everything about my life is always in color. However, with that background and that story, it was really great to be able to say she was going to choose a wedding that was super neutral, really clean toned, because this is, she was constantly surrounded by all of these different graphics and colors that she really wanted something streamlined. And that was the perfect segue of why this, why she chose that color palette that was important to her and why having this in the mix of all of the other weddings that we ended up choosing, that classic light pink wedding ended up working great with the other weddings that we chose. Mm-hmm. I think people don't think, re- I mean, and how can you really? Because you're only submitting your own work. But I, it's interesting to hear you, the perspective from The Knot, where it's like, it also has to fit in the rest of the magazine or with the rest of the post that day or that month. Mm-hmm. So it's you're, nothing's in a vacuum, you know? Definitely. And I think that that's also something to consider because a lot of times, you know, as planners and photographers, it's like, okay, I know that we want to get, I know I want to get published. What can I do? There's a, a, a breadth of things that, that that's possible. But I think that a lot of times, sometimes it has to do with, you know, exclusivity policies. That can be like a starter. It can also be, you know, just a geographical issue of, you know, there are so many weddings that take place in beautiful California, but we're only choosing five for the magazine and they all can't be in California. And there's also something, you know, so it's geographical, you know, there's also diversity that we always want to make sure that there is a breadth of people that we're featuring. So there's always these little elements. And then each of those five weddings that we choose, those have to have a different color palette. They have to have a different location. We can't feature the same venue. So there are a lot of different factors that go into it that's not just the story sometimes. And so I think a lot of times with planners and photographers, I I say, listen, it's not that this wedding wasn't amazing. It was awesome. It was just that where it lined up with all of the other weddings that we needed to make sure that we have almost a checklist to make sure that we're getting all everything that we need. Sometimes it just doesn't match up. Yeah, gotcha. And I think that it's important for planners and photographers to just really not take it too personally if they don't get accepted, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So we have the questionnaire. And then after that, how can the photographer or the planner make sure that they get all of the images that they need on the actual day? I would definitely, from after the questionnaire, start with the timeline and coordinate. And I know that the planners and the photographers are going to work with certain timelines of, you know, the family photos and when to shoot certain things. But this is really important because you'll the planner is able to tell the photographer, this is when setup's going to start. These are when everything is going to be placed on the tablescape. So this is your opportune moment to get those tablescape shots. Or, you know, you actually have a few minutes, you know, an hour or so before the ceremony starts. And, you know, maybe this is the time uh, to photograph the invitation suite. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of working within that timeline to kind of see where those shot lists that you know that you're going to need and working together to make sure that it happens. You know, I think the other element, which is so interesting, I had a consult with a photographer who was – in, based in the South. And she said, you know, a lot of times just within a lot of the weddings that I shoot, we just don't have first looks. 
it's really difficult without a first look because then the photographer is is taking photos of the couple when they should be capturing things like cocktail hour ambiance, drinks, reception decor. Like you really have to finesse the timeline if you don't have a first look. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a it's funny like maybe maybe 30% of my couples opt out of the first look and then I always end up having to have a conversation with a photographer that's like okay how are we going to get the shots that I know you need sometimes the photographers I've worked with will take home the invitation suite and take home a few flowers and do a flat lay at home it's not the same as doing it like with the invitation suite on site but sometimes you just don't have time so I think you have to say like what are my priorities here like what can I only capture here versus what can I maybe recreate at home Yes, exactly. I think that photographers should start charging an extra fee if the couple doesn't want to do a first look. Oh, I would, Mindy, I would love that because it makes it so much harder the whole day. Let's make that a thing because then you have to hire, you have, you basically have to hire an extra person to get all the detail shots, like the empty reception room and the cocktail hour decor. So I feel like it's only fair that they have to pay. Let's start. Let's, I love it. Let's Let's make that a thing. It's a thing. Hashtag. (laughs) Sarah, I have a question about the cohesive color palette, because um, in talking to you in our pre-interview, you said something that I found so interesting. You said something about like how the photographer should be capturing like one to three colors in every image. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, sure. So a lot of times when I am from when I'm calling images or I would call something for a submission, we would put together all of the images in, you know, on a contact sheet. So I would get I would choose 12 images because a lot of times when it comes to publication, you're really, and we can kind of dive into more of the graphic design elements on those things, but I'm really, editors are really looking for 10 to 12 images that tell a story. And I would normally call those images to 10 to 12 photos and try to find a cohesive color palette. So, and this is something where I normally say three is a good bet. And I want to make sure that they're showcased throughout. So I want to make sure that those three those three colors are in the invitation suite, that it's in the cake, that it's in the bouquet, and the tablescape, even potentially in her in her accessories. So let's say it's a tropical wedding and it's light pink, blue, and green. And so you know you have the invitation suite with the bougainvillea on the invitations, uh, you know illustrated in the invitations, and then on the cake you have the bougainvillea flowers on a on a blue cake with the pink flowers and the groom's jacket is a blue and her bouquet is pink. That's the third, you know, that's the other third element. And then the tablescape is a blue tablecloth with a pink napkin and blue and pink flowers. Again, not as that's a ton of color, but <laughs> bringing that in. And then on top of the, on top of that, because that exaggerates the theme, it takes the color coordination and then taking it a step further of saying, okay, where's the backdrop? Is it, is it outside? Is it a ceremony? Is a ceremony outside? Is there going to be an arch that has those florals and those colors in it? Or is it inside? And you have to figure out if you can f- find a, uh, a brick wall or something that will give in that the, give that red mm-hmm. color or the pink color into the images that will still feel that tone because a lot of times what ends up happening is you can have the cake the invites the florals the bouquets all of that very beautiful and it can work in the venue in the venue space and then you have the pictures of the couple and it potentially might be at a different location and there is you know bright orange and it probably isn't going to go well with the color palette of the blue and the pink that you have going. So Sarah, would you say that in that case, if that were, 
I mean, aside from in the moment saying, oh, this doesn't, co this isn't cohesive with the rest of the design, we should switch locations. Say that doesn't happen, right? Say that doesn't happen on the day. And then you look at the gallery. Would you not submit the photos that didn't align with that particular color scheme? Would you edit before you sent that submission in? I would edit that. Yes, 100%. And I think that's also something with your, if you're working with the planner and the photographer together, you're going to find the venue that they're working at. You're going to have scouted it. You're going to understand the color palette that the couple wants even before you go into the wedding. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is a photographer gets there and they're like, okay, I have to pick those three colors really quick and make sure that I can figure out how to have that all tie in together. But if they know going into the wedding, okay, these are the three colors that I'm going to look for that I know that they're going to have. And then I can Google the venue and I can see where we're going to be shooting and I'm going to be scouting it so I can know even going into it where, how I'm going to make sure that that all works correctly. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I see that a lot. Um, not a lot, but I've seen that in my own galleries for my own weddings too. It's like we work so hard on the, on the design and the color palette, but then the first look was done at the hotel and the hotel has purple walls and then we're done because yep. I can't do anything with that if there's no purple in the palette, right? <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, thanks for these. I mean, I can use them on Instagram, but right. not necessarily for uh, publication. So my other question to you is, so we have the questionnaire, right? And now we have the timeline and then we've got the color palette. When we're intentionally submitting, I know you you believe in this and, and I do as well. We have to kind of have in mind the goal publication even before the wedding day, correct? Yes, I definitely think so. I think that depend because really what ends up happening is that every publication is different. So you want to make sure that depending on you're really understanding the publisher's brand and their niche because, you know, a wedding that's going to go in Junebug or a wedding that's going to go in The Knot or in Martha are all have different brands and different styles. And so yeah. those weddings have different styles. So it's really important to kind of First off, figure out that and think about who you want to submit to. And then it's also really important to consider the types of content featured. So, you know, is it just engagement shoots? Is it editorials and styled editorials? Are there real weddings? Are there proposals? You know, so every understanding the publisher's brand is super important and also analyzing those visual components. So depending on that publisher's brand, they're going to have a different colors. They're going to have a you know color balance. They're going to have different graphic design elements. Their layouts and their grids are going to be potentially different. So understanding the publisher of that you want to submit to is really going to help you draw in those elements that it needs from the wedding in order to get published. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I was also wondering too, like some, I've heard you say like, find out if they, what kind of like their layout is and, and do they only accept images that are horizontal or vertical? So if you're doing this research and you know your goal publication, like if you know it's going to be Martha say, is it easy to find out that information as to what they accept, the size of images and the kinds of images? Definitely. And I think it's even something as simple as you can go online, you can go on their blog, you can go and pick up a magazine. You know, I think for, you know, for Martha and for The Knot and for Brides, you have, you have a two-page spread. So you get one image that's going to be two pages. So you know you're going to need something really, really beautiful that's going to set the whole tone of the wedding and is going to be horizontal. And there's room for text. So again, like you, you start to think about these like, okay, I know that I have eight to 10 images that I'm going to tell a story with. What are these eight images going to be? I know I need an opening image that's going to be, that's going to set the tone of the whole wedding. And then I know I need five to 10 detail shots as well as a couple shots. So which, 
I'm going to be able to pick and choose, but also knowing, okay, I'm going to go into this wedding thinking this, it's going to be a horizontal tablescape shot because this is the prettiest tablescape I've ever seen. Or it's going to be, you know, at Rocky Oaks Malibu and it's going to be a beautiful opening shot of the couple, you know, in the sunset on the mountainscape. Yeah. What is that opening image? And then that will help with the layout of understanding the balance. It's so funny because it sounds so simple when you say it, but and I'm I'm thinking like, I, I don't think I ever realized that it was only 12 images in a print feature. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you get. That's all you get. So it's got to be the best 12 photos you've, you can possibly get from that event. Yes. And I think that makes it – and I think when you're pl- going in and you're planning it this way, you can take out the images that were in a purple uplighting situation for the first look. <laughs> you know, you can start – you can really kind of tailor that because – and that you can tell a story within within that as well. I think that it's really interesting that it's only 12 images. And when you have to pick 12 images, what do you want or what do you request the photographer or planner send to you? Do you ask for like a gallery of like 100 to choose from? Or do you want the entire like thousand photo gallery? Oh, that's a good question. No, I definitely, we recommend... 80 to 100 images. Okay. So, and again, it can go up to 150. What ends up happening a lot, a lot of times we see is we just see a whole bunch of couple shots Mm -hmm. and then bridesmaid shots and getting ready shots. And then we see a few details here and there and then we see the end of the night. I think the details are the most important part. Right, we're looking for inspiring images. We're looking for new ideas. We're looking for local content. An image variety. And so I would say out of those 150 images, making sure that it's in chronological order and then having those images reflect, okay, here's the couple and then I'm going to continue to tell their story because here's the thing. In those eight images that we're going to choose to put in the magazine, we're only going to do one of the couple, maybe two. Mm -hmm. So having 75 image, having half of your gallery just couple shots – that's not what you're looking for. Yeah. So, and again, I think there's also something of, we always know there's going to be couple shots. If we need right. more, <laughs> we can always ask, you know, but I think sometimes it's it's getting those, the flowers, it's getting the ceremony decor. Is it the vow books? Is it the illustrations? Is it the ring? You know, what are those detail shots that are really going to help lend the, to the storyline? And can we go on the record, Sarah, as saying that you never want to see family photos, correct? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You want to make sure that other people were at the wedding, right? Like when a lot of times we need, we got to make sure that there are other people there. It's a real uh, wedding. Yes, it's a re- yes, exactly. It is a real wedding. It is not a style editorial. We want to make sure that there are people there. And there are always those moments. But, you know, you can do... I think it's really nice to have those family photos when they're less staged. You know, it's more of the candid shots that I think are really special. You know, the dancing shots are always really great. Obviously, the bridesmaids, you know, there's always bridesmaid shots, ring bearers, flower girls. But I think a lot of times having 150 images of the family portraits, we don't need. (laughs) On the record, we don't need that many. Pick a few. Pick your top five. The best, the best, the most emotional ones that are going to really – tug at our heartstrings and then narrow it down. (laughs) It's so funny because this is so different in comparison to me as a very small wedding blogger. 
some people send me like a thousand image gallery and I'm just like, I'm not going to go through this. Pick out your 12 favorites and Mm -hmm. send them to me. (laughs) I'm not going to like, I'm a one woman operation. I can't be spending my time culling through these large albums. And I think that when a photographer doesn't follow my submission instructions, to me, it looks lazy. And I kind of just don't want to feature them if they're going to be lazy from the very beginning. You know what I mean? That's a good point, man. I never thought about that. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. And I think there's also something too where, you know, unless they are working potentially with someone like me that would say, okay, I can come in and call these, you know, call the galleries for you for blog posts, you know, to pick the top favorites. A lot of times, if you're not a photographer, you don't know what to look for. Or if you're, and if you're not an editor, you don't know what to call it down to. You don't know exactly the best shots. So wouldn't you want to, and wouldn't you want to feature and the photographers want to feature their best work and give that to you to make it easy. Right. Because you could go in and choose from a gallery of thousands of images and it might not be the best one, but you don't know. That too. But I think that my main point in saying this is that every blog and every publication is going to have different guidelines. And what we see, I mean, and guess what? All of us wedding bloggers and uh, people who work on blogs, we all talk to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know if you're just sending the same gallery to 10 different blogs to try to be featured. And it's especially obvious when you don't follow all of our individual submission instructions. So <laughs> yes. now that we're, we're coming to the end of this discussion, and I just want to point out that... The last bullet point that I personally would add is just make sure that you're following the submission instructions from the publication in the first place. Definitely. (laughs) Sarah, how important is it to have um, alongside the images, how important is it to have like a blurb that's either written by the photographer or the planner? Oh, I think I think it's really makes or breaks the submissions. Because, and this is where you can go back to your questionnaire from the couple and really hone in on all of the personalization details of what you're going to be telling. Because we can have a beautiful, and what I've learned a thousand times over is we can have a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And we can have an, it looks like all the details are there. We'll accept the wedding. It's going in the magazine. I call my favorite, you know, 10 to 12 images that I think are going to work awesome for the story. And then the editor will come over and say, listen, hey, you know, the bride said in her questionnaire that her great grandfather's Torah was in, you know, wrapped around her bouquet and it's in the Torah to survive the Holocaust. And it's this special moment where they centered the whole ceremony around this. And you don't have a, and you didn't pick up the photo. Like, I know we have a photo. And I was, oh my gosh, you know, and like, so never make that mistake again, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, of course, like, yes, we have that image. And I just, you know, you scroll through it because it's, you know, it's not the prettiest thing in the entire world. The image was like, oh, okay, I guess we can add it. And again, but that was sets the whole tone for the whole entire ceremony. So again, like making sure, and I potentially, if that wasn't A in the questionnaire or B in the write-up, we would have breezed through it and not picked it up. And so it's so important for when you're as photographers, when we're and as editors, as we're culling these photos and we're curating them to make sure that we have it all there, that we're going to make that it's all going to really go to this beautiful storyline. So definitely important. And I think that there is also something of brides and couples, you know, they put so much effort and time and planners and photographers, everyone's energy is going into it. So we, you really want to make sure that every single thing is showcased and highlighted because, and having a, you know, a pitch 
and a good pitch at that is going to be really, really successful in, in having the wedding get picked up. Yeah, I love that. I'm As a planner, I'm personally very fond of writing the blurbs. I'm like, I'll write the blurb. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Yes. I like it. I like doing it. All right. So let's recap for everyone. So first, the planner and the photographer should plan ahead and understand the details, understand the wedding, and hone in on a publication or two that are the goals. Then they should get a questionnaire going, get the details. Yep. Then we look at the timeline. Then we look at the color palette personalization and then finally we pick you guys you know the photographer or the planner together or perhaps separately pick the photos mindy they they follow all the rules they follow all the guidelines <laughs> thank you they send exactly what's been asked of them and they send a really well-written uh pitch or blurb to go along with it correct correct that's it that's the you guys that's it it's like six things yeah it's like six things you're this fine is you no do it. No. yeah 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 <laughs> it's funny because I you know I'm a wedding blogger and I didn't even realize so much work needed to go into the planning (laughs) the the photographers needed to put this much effort into planning out their shots I have a new appreciation for it see this is good we see we're educating all of us everyone at the same time I love it so Sarah where can the people find you how do we get a hold of you where are you how do you get a hold of me? Yes, where am I? So I am on sarahklove.com. So Sarah and then K-A-Y-L-O-V-E.com. And my website is the same as my Instagram. So Sarah K. Love. Great. I did also want to point out that I am sponsored with Two Bright Lights. So Two Bright Lights has a discount code of Sarah Love 10 And if you sign up for Two Bright Lights, then you can get 10% off. I love that. And if you're listening and you're not familiar with Two Bright Lights, Two Bright Lights is a is a, a publishing platform where you can submit your work through Two Bright Lights. And so it makes the whole thing a little bit easier. Yeah? Yes. It's great. And they have over 100 publications to choose from. So you upload all of the images to the to the platform that you're wanting to submit for the for the wedding. And then you answer a couple of questions and it will tell you the exact publications that the wedding is a match for. So it actually does a lot of the work for you. Oh, that's great. And that's good for photographers and also planners? Yes, definitely. Yes. Perfect. Well, I love this. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank this you. This was very informative. I know all of our photographers are now like, oh, I have so much work to do. But you guys, it's just six things. I don't want to hear about it. It's just six things. Yeah, this is, I mean, this was a lot of great information. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. And if you guys have any additional questions, come find us in our Facebook group, Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by... Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.